Well, hello everyone, and thank you for having me here today. Um, I've already asked God to have the words that I say be those that would convey God's inherent qualities, which are love, strength, balance, courage, and peace. So with that, I will start. Um, I'm Martha, compulsive overeater and relapse survivor living in the state of grace today. And that's basically my whole story, but I'll give you a few more details than that. So I my disease started as a disease of perception. I thought I was humongous. I thought I was a big person. I thought um, I was different than everyone. I, I always felt different. I thought that the picture of me in second grade in my little brownie uniform, Girl Scout uniform there, was like a little brown snowman with the hat and the belt and then the little loafers at the bottom. I thought that I was different from everyone, that I didn't fit in exactly anywhere. Like I was in a class of my own, not better or worse, just different. And uh, my sports were classical guitar and sewing. So when we have the presidential fitness test, we used to a hundred years ago uh, in gym class, and you know everybody's supposed to pass that. I did not, so I was assigned to remedial gym class. I mean, they actually had such a thing back then. And so I had to go to an extra class every week. Um, I wasn't teased or bullied. I was the only one who treated me poorly. No one else did. All I got was love and support and encouragement from my parents and, and the few people that I called friends. And you know, it's funny, that vision of me, the story of me that I was different and that I didn't fit in. About a month ago now, one of my OA friends that I talked to every day, we were exchanging high school experiences. And I said, you know, I had friends in every group, but I didn't belong to any group. I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't fit in anywhere. I had friends at who hung out on the gym stairs, those were the bad boys. I had the friends that were class president and prom committee. And I had friends in the alternative school and friends in the group that hung out that were considered the intellectuals. And I didn't fit in anywhere. And he said, wait a minute, that means you fit in everywhere could have knocked me over. I never thought of that. I, it never occurred to me that I was comfortable in each place. I, my, so it turns out what I've learned here is that even after 19 years, I'm still learning about myself and that my vision is not the clearest. No matter how much clarity I've gotten, there's more to be had. So, um, I grew up with religious training and traditions, but I never had a, a um, personal 
relationship with God or even an understanding of God. It was just, you said the prayers, you did the thing, you ate the food and that was it. And, uh, and it really, it really, really, really meant nothing to me. I was successful at everything I did because I only did the things I knew I could do. I never took a chance. I was not adventurous. I was not create, uh, courageous at all. And I, since I was always uncomfortable at some level, I was just always seeking peace and comfort. And I thought that was through fixing, fixing you, fixing the situation or fixing me with food. And that's how I fixed myself. So I didn't have a problem with food. Food was my unsuccessful solution to my problems. And uh, I thought life was, thank you. I also thought life was supposed to be pain-free. I don't know where I got that idea, but I that was one I was an operating um, thought. And at the same time, with all this discomfort and angst, I was a Pollyanna. I lived in complete oblivion and denial. And if anything did happen, I would try and fix it. And then I'd pour perfume on it and sprinkle it with fairy dust. And, um, and uh, whoops, somebody's trying to call. And uh, when I came into program, I said to my sister, oh my gosh, I've just learned, I'm learning so much. I had no idea I lived in such denial. And she said, oh honey, We've always known that. We all called you Cleo. I was like, Cleo? She said, yeah, Cleopatra, queen of denial. And I recently asked her about that. And she said, well, it wasn't we all, it was me. And I said, yeah, that's what I thought. Because <laughs> I didn't know who we all was. But anyway, um, so I had this huge ego. And um all my life, I thought I could do anything that I put my mind to. I thought I was right. I've heard many people say that they uh, that they were trying to live life, but they didn't get the manual that everybody else got and how they felt completely unprepared. Well, I had the manual, I have edited it, and I have copies for you all if you'd like one. This huge ego here was you know, it's just the other end of the spectrum, a completely um, way out of whack, extreme and unrealistic thinking. It doesn't matter which end one, it was still unrealistic. And so that's kind of when I got here. Um, I, it was 2004 and I was in the grocery store and someone said to me oh Martha how are you it was that little pity look and I said I'm fine thanks how are you and the truth was that my husband had just died all of my kids came home one with a baby nobody got along I was doing they came home to help me so I was cooking cleaning washing you know feeding babysitting uh, diapering everything and um, which helped at that time, but, and, uh, and my daughter, the youngest was going to rehab because she was a crack addict and I weighed 245 pounds, but I'm fine. So there's that denial and oblivion. And 
So thank goodness I got here because um, my daughter in rehab was, we were all as parents suggested to go to Al-Anon. And I said one time, I, I'm not connecting. I don't feel like I caused it. I know I can't fix it. That's why you're all the way out in Arizona and I'm in Connecticut. We're like other ends of the country. And, um, and I don't, I don't feel hopeless. Uh, you and she and I, uh, our relationship was still solid. We adore each other and still do. And so I was at a loss. And she said, maybe some of the girls here go to OA. And I went to a meeting to see what it was. Maybe you could trade programs. It's the same 12 steps. That's how I got here. And thank God for her. This is a, a beautiful thing that came out of a, a lousy situation, which was her addiction. But we both found programs. And she is at, uh, so sober to this day. And uh, I am a relapse survivor, but I, uh, I have never, ever left the rooms. Not for a minute. I never didn't come to a meeting because I was eating or I wasn't in the mood. I never stopped committing my food to my sponsor, even when I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be able to do it. I never stopped reading and writing and making calls. And that's what, that's what kept me grounded in recovery. So that there was one day when all of a sudden I woke up and I could do it. Why that day? There was nothing different from the day before. I didn't have to go find my program again. I didn't have to go find a sponsor. Thank you. So, um, so about, well, about God. So I got here. I just want to say that this is really important. I got here as an agnostic and I asked someone to sponsor me on my second meeting because she was just beautiful. She didn't have the physical recovery I wanted that I thought I was going to get actually. Um, but her eyes sparkled and her pores oozed spirituality. And I thought, now that's what I'm gonna have a problem with. I, I need that. So I asked her, she said, yes. And I said, listen, I'm a great dieter. I don't have a problem with the food. I've done it a thousand times. So I'm a, a champion at that. But I'm gonna have a problem with this God stuff. And she said, no, not really a problem. I just have one question to ask you. Are you the most powerful thing in the universe? I said, of course not. She said, that's all you need. There you go. And so from there, she made suggestions on how I could act as if. And I did. In the beginning, I'm talking to nothing. And then all of a sudden, it felt like there was something. And over the years, I have grown to know and now feel deep within, absolutely within my soul. And I, it's palpable in my chest, you know, right here. I can feel God's presence all the time. And I have a vague understanding of what my higher power is. And it doesn't matter. I don't have to understand it. Actually, if I can, it's not big enough, really. 
And so when I got sick uh, at the beginning of COVID and uh, I was very scared and I, I couldn't live on my own and someone said to me, I think you need a deeper surrender. And first I thought, you know, <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, wait a minute, she could be right. So I, I, I did what program suggested. When some people called and you all loved me right through this, this horrendous period uh, and called and said, how are you? I, I said the truth. And then I asked for help. How do you surrender? How do you sleep? Good get to sleep at night because I couldn't sleep either. And uh, and you all, everyone shared what they did. And I tried every single one of them, open, open-minded and willing, tried every single one of them. And what happened was a beautiful, beautiful process. And they all had some merit too. And, and what I ended up with, and I work with visuals, what I ended up with was a, um, a beautiful kind of mishmash of several things. And I found this new surrender. And then I read a book too, which really cracked me open as well. And I am in a different place after 19 years. Well, that was three years ago, so 16 years. But even today, it's grown from there. It is. It is a state of being. When I say I live in a state of grace today, that is because and with a connection to my higher power, a constant conscious connection. And if I skip that part of my day, thank you, one minute, uh, then, then I am lacking. I'm lacking in my ability to be present. I am lacking in my ability to have gratitude, to have clarity. My prayer is, I pray to God for the clarity, the willingness and the tools to do your will for myself and others and to be my highest self today. Nothing specific. I have no idea what's supposed to be today or what will be but I can pray for all of the tools and the connection to God to guide me so that I can be my highest self. What a lucky, lucky person I am. And I think I'll stop there because that must be time at this point. So thank you, thank you.